the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable Knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully And sometimes even if you don't You can hear that sound Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. He says here, like shepherds surround their flocks at night. You remember the Christmas story. The shepherds were watching over their sheep by night. And what shepherds would do is they would surround their flock so that no sheep could escape out of the flock during the night. And here the Lord says, this is what Babylon will do. Their army will come and they will surround Jerusalem like shepherds surround their flocks so that no one will be able to escape the city when the siege begins. God gives mercy abundantly to anyone who turns from their sin and chooses to live righteously. And it's always been that way. However, as you will see today with Pastor Dan, the people of Judah in Jeremiah's day were not receptive to God's blessings. They chose to continue in their sin even after being warned of defeat by their enemies. Now, since their hearts remained hard, Jeremiah comes with the message of impending defeat from the Babylonians, unless they immediately turn their hearts back to God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 6 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jeremiah chapter 6. Uh, we're also going to look at Matthew chapter 5 and 2 Kings chapter 25. So 2 Kings 25, Matthew 5, and Jeremiah 6. So now we're continuing here where Jeremiah has laid out the reasons why he will judge the southern kingdom of Judah. And now when we come to chapter 6, Jeremiah describes the coming siege against Jerusalem by the Babylonians. Uh, Remember, Jeremiah, he is preaching to that last generation, the generation that will see the judgment of God fall upon the nation, the generation that will be conquered by the Babylonians. Uh, So he's a last day's prophet in his days. And so he's there when this happens, and he preaches for more than 40 years. So he warns them for over 40 years before the Babylonians finally come and lay siege to the city of Jerusalem. So at the beginning of Jeremiah's preaching, Assyria was the world empire, and the Babylonian empire will conquer the Assyrians, and the Babylonians will come up and over and down from the north, down through Damascus, to invade the kingdom of Judah. And that's what Jeremiah is warning about. That's what the Lord is warning about through the prophet uh, Jeremiah. And as Jeremiah is warning the kingdom of Judah and the people of Judah of this coming judgment, you would think that his words would strike fear in the people 
and that they would uh, repent and turn back to God, uh, but instead they just refuse God's word. Uh, They just refuse God's warning. So now in verse 1 of chapter 6, Jeremiah warns the children of Benjamin to flee from Jerusalem. The southern kingdom, remember the kingdom's divided into two kingdoms. There's the northern kingdom that's referred to as Israel. There's the southern kingdom, which is referred to as Judah. Uh, The northern kingdom is already conquered. Uh, They were conquered by the Assyrians. They've already been carried away into captivity. That happened about 100 years before Jeremiah began preaching. So you just have the southern kingdom of Judah. And the southern kingdom of Judah was made up of two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. The other ten tribes, they went with the northern kingdom. So you just have Judah and Benjamin now that make up the southern kingdom. And here, God, through Jeremiah, warns the tribe of Benjamin to get away from the city of Jerusalem, to you know, literally run for their lives to get away. Jeremiah was from the tribe of Benjamin, and so it seems he's concerned about his own people. And he says in verse 1, O you children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee from the midst of Jerusalem. You know, run, blow the trumpet in Tekoa. Tekoa was a city that was south of Jerusalem. And set up a signal fire in Beth Hasarem. That's further south below Tekoa. And so these are two cities that are heading south out of Jerusalem, heading down towards the wilderness, down towards the Dead Sea. Uh, It seems maybe that the Lord is warning them to flee that direction, go south into the desert because the Babylonians are going to come from the north. Uh, For disaster appears out of the north and great destruction. So flee to the south, flee to the desert. I have likened the daughter of Zion to a lovely and delicate woman. The shepherds with their flocks shall come to her. They shall pitch their tents against her all around and surround her. Each one shall pasture in his own place. He's talking about the Babylonian army here. Uh, The Babylonian army will come and they will surround Jerusalem. He says here, like shepherds surround their flocks at night. You remember the Christmas story. The shepherds were watching over their sheep by night. And what shepherds would do is they would surround their flock so that no sheep could escape out of the flock during the night. And here the Lord says, this is what Babylon will do. Their army will come and they will surround Jerusalem like shepherds surround their flocks so that no one will be able to escape the city when the siege begins. Now, some will attempt to escape the city of Jerusalem when the Babylonians have surrounded it, including the king at that time, who is King Zedekiah. He will attempt to flee from Jerusalem with his family. The Babylonians will pursue him and capture him before he gets too far away. So let's look at that. Turn with me over to Second Kings. Chapter 25, 2 Kings 25. Again, this is when Zedekiah is the king over Judah. He's the last king before the fall to Babylon. Uh, And here in chapter 25, verse 1, Now it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, of Zedekiah's reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, 
that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem, and they encamped against it, just like we read in the prophecy of Jeremiah. They encamped against it, and they built a siege wall against it all around, like a ramp, so they could get up over the wall. So the city was besieged until the 11th year of King Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. And what armies would do in those days is they would just surround a city and cut off the food supply, cut off the water supply if they could, and they would just starve them out and just wait until they surrendered or they were too weak to fight. And so it's at a point now where there's no food for the people in the city. And then it says in the next verse, Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of war fled, the army fled at night by way of the gate between two walls, which was by the king's garden. Even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around against the city. Chaldeans, that's another name for Babylon. And the king went by the way of the plain. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. So he starts fleeing out of the city. He heads out into the plains. He's heading towards the Jordan River. They catch him in the plains of Jericho, King Zedekiah with his family. All his army was scattered from him. So they took the king and they brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah and they pronounced judgment on him. Then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and then they put out the eyes of Zedekiah so that the last thing that he saw was his sons being murdered. They put out the eyes of Zedekiah. Literally, they scooped out. That's what the word means there. Think about that the next time you're having a bowl of ice cream. They scooped out the eyes of Zedekiah. They bound him with bronze fetters and they took him away to Babylon. So the Babylonians, they're going to surround the city of Jerusalem so no one will escape. People will try to escape, in particular the king Zedekiah, but he'll be captured His sons will be killed. He'll be taken away to Babylon as a captive. Now, go back to chapter 6 of Jeremiah. And so now in verse 4 of chapter 6, God speaks to the Babylonian army and tells them a battle plan. Verse 4, prepare war against her. Prepare war against Jerusalem. Arise and let us go up at noon. Woe to us, for the day goes away, for the shadows of the evening are lengthening. Arise and let us go up by night and let us destroy her palaces. And so here the Lord gives Babylon a battle plan for attacking Jerusalem. And he says, attack Jerusalem at noon. Now, armies usually did not attack at noon or in the middle of the day during the heat of the day. They would do it early in the morning. And so this is a surprise attack. They're going to attack when the people of Jerusalem least expect it, at noon, in the middle of the day. The siege will continue into the nighttime. And the Lord says, continue your attack into the night and destroy her palaces. And the Lord, he goes on to say in verse 6, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Cut down trees and build a mound against Jerusalem, 
This is the city to be punished. She is full of oppression in her midst. The Lord says to cut down trees, to make battering rams, and to make siege ramps against Jerusalem. Again, they would build ramps up against the side of the city wall so that they could get their troops up and over the wall. Uh, In Israel today, Masada, which is down in the desert, uh, there are still the remnants of the siege ramp that the Romans built um, 72 AD or something like that. It's still there. You can still see it. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. So they would build these siege ramps there to enter into the city and to attack the city. And so the Lord tells them how they should attack this city. Now, uh, just to give you some point of reference here, the Babylonians will begin their siege against Jerusalem in 606 BC. The city will fall in 586 BC. That's 20 years. They're not laying siege to it the entire 20 years, but it's going to be 20 years that this city is under attack by the Babylonians before it finally falls and is destroyed in 586 BC. The Lord tells them here, if you look at the verse again, verse 6, he tells them that the city is to be punished because she is full of oppression in her midst. Now look at this description that the Lord gives of the city of Jerusalem at this point. Verse 7, as a fountain wells up with water, so she wells up with her wickedness, violence and plundering or destruction are heard in her. Before me continually are grief and wounds. Here the Lord says this city is a fountain of wickedness. All that comes out of this city is filth. Violence and destruction are in her, in her streets. Her grief and wounds or her sickness and wounds are ever before me, God says. This is what God saw when he looked at the city of Jerusalem. He just saw a steady stream of filth coming out of that city, violence in that city, destruction in that city, a city that's just filled with sickness and disease. And I read that and I wonder, well, what does God see when he looks at our cities? What does he see when he looks at Baltimore or Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia or Las Vegas or New Orleans or Los Angeles or Hollywood or New York City? How would God describe those cities? Look at verse 8. Now he speaks to the people of Jerusalem. Be instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from you, lest I make you desolate, a land not inhabited. He says, be instructed, Jerusalem, be warned. 
He's trying to get them to repent at this warning here. He says, lest I turn you into desolation and I make you an uninhabited land, which is what he's going to do because they don't repent. Thus says the Lord of hosts, they shall thoroughly glean as a vine the remnant of Israel as a grape gatherer. Put your hand back into the branches. Here he's saying Babylon will pick you clean. There will be nothing left of you when Babylon is finished. Like a farmer, a grape gatherer who goes over all of the vines to make sure he has gathered all of the grapes off the vine. Babylon is going to pick them clean. They're going to completely wipe them out. Verse 10. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Indeed, their ear, speaking of Jerusalem, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot give heed. Now, earlier, the Lord said that their hearts were uncircumcised. Now he says their ears are uncircumcised. In Acts chapter 7, verse 51, when Stephen is giving his defense and he's going through the history of the people of Israel, he says, you of uncircumcised hearts and ears, you've always been stiff-necked against the Holy Spirit. He uses the same language that Jeremiah uses. Their ears were uncircumcised. That means their ears were closed to God. They refused to hear God's word. Look what it says at the end of verse 10. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. This is speaking of the people of God. The people of God are at the point spiritually and morally where the word of the Lord is a reproach to them and they have no delight at all in the word of God. And what does it say in Psalm 1? Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of God and he meditates in the law day and night. Listen to what it says. You don't have to turn there, but just listen to what it says in Psalm 19 about the word. Verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. Here we're told that the word of God converts the soul. It makes wise the simple. It gives joy to the heart. And it gives light. It enlightens the eyes. But the word of God had become a reproach to the people of God. They no longer delighted in it. They didn't like the word of God. They didn't want anything to do with the word of God. It had become something that they scorned, that they mocked, much like today, much like today. There are many people that are, you know, the people of God who find the word of God and what it says a reproach. Oh, you see a major denomination right now about to go through a split uh, because you have a part that wants to stand for what the word of God says and you have another part that that's a reproach to them. And so in the near future, I would expect you to see a split in that denomination. So now you're going to have two factions within that church. 
Look at verse 11. Verse 11. Therefore, therefore, because the word of the Lord is a reproach to them, because they have no delight in the word of God, therefore, the Lord says, I am full of the fury of the Lord, and I am weary of holding it in. I will pour it out on the children outside and on the assembly of young men together, for even the husband shall be taken with the wife, the aged with him who is full of days, him who that is young and has their life ahead of them. And their houses shall be turned over to others, fields and wives together, for I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord, because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness, and from the prophet even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Now he's speaking of the prophets and the priests in verse 14 when he says, they have healed the hurt of my people slightly by declaring peace to them when there really is no peace. Now, the New Living Translation of verse 14 reads this way. They offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wounds. The priests and the prophets, the men of God, they are offering superficial treatments for mortal wounds. They're lying to the people and telling them, peace, peace, when there is no peace. They're telling the people, everything's okay. God's not going to judge you. There's no judgment coming. The Babylonians aren't coming. You've got nothing to worry about. And they're lying to the people. This is like a physician who gives a person with stage four cancer two aspirin and says, oh, you're healed now. You're fine. And that's what the priests and the prophets were doing to the people of Judah. The moral condition of the nation was grave. It's an emergency. Time is running out for Judah. And yet the spiritual leaders who should have been telling them the truth were saying, hey, there's nothing to worry about. Everything's fine. And so verse 15, the Lord goes on. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. They weren't ashamed about their sin. They were proud of it. They did it openly. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall at the time I punishment. They shall be cast down, says the Lord. Now, verse 16, we come to verse 16. In verse 16 now, the Lord, because he's gracious, he tells the people of Judah what they should do. And he tells, he tells the, the nation of Judah that they're at a crossroads. And he tells them how they should handle this crossroad. What they should do to pick the right way. He says in verse 16, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways, stand in the crossroads, and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then will you find rest for your souls. And so the kingdom of Judah, they're at a crossroads morally, they're at a crossroads spiritually. And here's the thing, they didn't realize they were at a crossroads as a nation. He asked me how I know, and I said, 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvarybc.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we could be a part of it. And we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice and it only takes It's true.